Super Friends with Eric Esquivel. Doomed Planet, Desperate Scientists, Last Hope, Kindly Couple, Superman. Today we're talking All-Star Superman, and I'm pleased to be joined by a, a writer and an artist who I greatly admire. Who are you, sir? Uh, my name is Nathaniel Osoyo. Yeah, you are. And what book did you choose to speak about today? Uh, this is All-Star Superman, Volume 1. This is maybe the most requested book for the podcast. Is it People really? People love this, this story. It's so good. And a lot of folks want to do this, and I chose you because you are an incredible creator, man. Oh, man. I'm really happy to have you on today. Right here. Right here. So let's talk about, real quick, your relationship to the character of Superman. Did you like him prior to this book? Um, I was kind of like a, we'll call it like a general fan okay. of Superman. Like, I'm not big on Superman lore. Like, I know... Uh, probably like the top layer stuff. I have a few comics from of him growing up, seen the movies, all that good stuff. Um, but I don't go. I don't have any deep dives that I can say about Superman. And um, to to answer the question, yeah, I was a fan. Like everybody, how could you not love the ideal yeah. human who's not technically human? But like how could you not love this uh, this guy that everybody kind of aspires to be? Um, so I love him in that regard. I I have also that uh, uh, that stereotypical view of just like oh like he can't be killed. There's no good stories with him, which is not 100% where I feel. But I I do feel like it is hard to find a, a uh, give him a good problem, which is why I love this book so much because Grant Morrison takes a really uh, interest interesting and uh, like a not painfully obvious, but just like, like, oh, of course, this is the perspective we should take on him. It's funny you mentioned that he can't be killed because this is a book where Superman is dying. Right, right, exactly. Like, it's like, oh, we figured it out. It's like, hey, guys, we got him. And this is the this is him going through all... We're going to we're gonna have spoilers in this. Yeah, right? of course, yeah. of course. Yeah, yeah so this Came is out like, in 2011, so yeah. we're good. <laughs> yes. Um, yeah, so this is him, like, just tying up all his loose ends and, yeah. like, talking to his family and all that good stuff. So this book, it is the quintessential Superman story. What I just read uh, was the first two pages of the book where they describe the generic Superman origin story we all know, where it's Doom Planet, Desperate Scientists, Last Hope, Kindly Couple. Right. That's all you have to know about the character. He's a guy who can fly and his planet exploded and he's a good dude. Mm-hmm. So it's the Superman that we all know from being a child, just from seeing lunchboxes and from hearing that, that theme song when you pass a TV in the middle of the night. Uh, it's written by Grant Morrison, drawn by Frank Quietly, and it came out on February 22nd, 2011. And it's the story of a Superman's last year on Earth, right? It's a, you want to talk about the plot mechanics of how he comes to be... Um, he, he's slowly dying. He's slowly dying. Um, Lex Luthor tricks him, and, and you learn this over the course of the first issue. Lex Luthor tricks him by uh, putting people in peril near the sun, mm-hmm. and uh, where if for anybody who doesn't know, that's where Superman draws his power. And please correct me if I get anything from Superman lore wrong, today, sure, sure. because I'm probably going to. Um, <laughs> I'll just flip the table over. My knee-jack so, reaction. How dare you? Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry I chose you for this podcast. Um, he, he, can, he tricks Superman into flying too close to the sun, where he draws his power. Very he, mythological. Exactly, uh, Icarus, and he uh, overdoses on solar energy, more or less, and he uh, just his body can't take that amount of power. He can't metabolize it, for lack of a better term, and he uh, his slowly his body slowly starts to deteriorate. So just like cancer, his cells are growing too fast. He's too overpowered. Exactly. So I am a big Superman nerd, as we all know, right? And I read rejected pitches for Superman that really? other writers have made available online That's awesome. or at Comic Cons and stuff. Have you ever heard of the pitch? for Superman 2000. No, please. So it was right in the late 90s, uh, right in the new millennium was rearing, and uh, Superman's books had kind of tanked, like Spawn was selling more than he was. It was mm-hmm. a kind of a dark period for the character. 
And a couple of writers got, or a few writers got together to pitch a new idea for Superman for the new millennium. And those writers were Grant Morrison, Mark Miller, Mark Wade, and Tom Pyre. And they pitched the idea that Superman, uh, every couple of, every few years when he's on Earth, like every 10 years, his powers jump dramatically. So in Smallville era, he couldn't fly. Mm. The I beams came in slowly, all that stuff. Now, the Superman that we know, he's going to enter his next 10 year cycle where his powers jump dramatically. So he wakes up one day and he's three times stronger, faster, and smarter than he was the day before. Oh, wow. And that's great because Superman's already infinitely strong and infinitely smart and infinitely fast. So saying he's three times more doesn't really mean anything as far as the math of writing goes. Right. But it introduces the idea that he's getting better and he's ascending towards godhood. And it's it's dramatic internally, even though it's not physically that much different. Right, right, right. Uh, But they pitched this and it was amazing. And uh, DC never pulled the trigger on it. Oh, wow. And uh, but all of their ideas from this pitch became other stuff. So uh, Mark Miller's ideas went into Red Sun. Mm-hmm. Mark Wade's ideas from this became Superman Birthright. And uh, Grant Morrison's became All-Star with the, the three times stronger idea. That's awesome. What a nice what a nice ending to that. It didn't, didn't happen at one point, but eventually it all came, came to fruition. Yeah, yeah. I like that a lot. So that idea that he's getting stronger and better but also dying mm-hmm. is really interesting, too. Because no, you don't see him getting feeble. He's just going to explode, basically. Right, right. He's, yeah, he's essentially turning into sunlight, for lack of a better metaphor. Yeah, yeah he's bursting into a beam of light. <laughs> yeah. So why did this story speak to you more than any other Superman story? Why is this one that you chose to read, rather than, like, a birthright or something random from continuity? Um, because, really, like, uh, like the reason I picked it up initially was Grant Morrison. Grant, sure. Like, everything that, that that dude does is is bonkers. And, like, if it... Um, whether or not he likes it or whether or not like fans like it the, the stuff he does is, is always uh makes me think about stuff differently so i was mm-hmm. like okay this is probably gonna um be a different look at superman and i and i picked it up it's like yeah it's not just a big blue boy scout it is like superman as a renaissance man mm-hmm. trying to help people through through science and healthcare and just, like saving people in ways that you wouldn't expect this guy who normally punches something to save you yeah. he's he's uh doing like medical research or um uh, talking people down from literal ledges, mm-hmm. and uh, that's a beautiful, beautiful part. I've heard yeah. um, actually depressed people say that that book changed their lives. All Star Superman number ten, right. uh, he talks to a, a suicide, uh, a, a girl who's like standing on a ledge, right, and uh, her therapist had canceled on her because he was busy, and she took it personally, and she's going to jump. And then Superman holds her, and he says, "You're so much stronger than you think you are. Trust me." Right, and. It's- that's uh, that's the essence of the character. Yeah, I yeah. Love it so He's much. like the just like those words are, are words that anybody like when you hear anybody tell you that you're just like like oh shit like you really you really care or like I feel like just this much better about myself and it's gonna take me in a different direction now. And if Superman loves me, then I'm worthy of love. It's, oh it's, man, it's Jesus. You know, so, it's, it's that idea. It's very it's very uh, uh, there are a lot of Jesus metaphors in this. But for it's sure. also Hercules. It's also Atlas, who we see yep. in the book, which is really fun. Mm-hmm. This, this whole thing is very mythological. It starts because Lex Luthor remembers. Lex Luthor realizes that he's he's aging. Right. He's getting older. He's getting wrinkles. He's starting to deteriorate. And Clark is, is visibly getting better. Right. And that drives him insane. And he Lex realizes that he can't die happy, knowing that Superman's not going to die with him. Right. So that's why he's holding an emotion. He usually has like a cat and mouse game with him. Uh, but now he decides it's the final gambit. He has to kill him. Right. Right. And that's the exact opposite of Clark. Who's dying and wants to leave a, a good legacy, right? Right. Yeah. They're 
there's so there's so much um, their their core um, drawing a blank on the words they're 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 archetypes like to to a T in this mm-hmm. book the Superman is like the best possible version of a of a heroic character and Lex Luthor is 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 the best possible version of a villain to that to that Superman character so much so that like in, in the last issue he's uh, he uh, has Superman's powers. He becomes a Superman, and he's fighting uh, Superman proper, who uh, who is dying. He's he's getting yeah. weaker and weaker at that point. And they've traded because then at that point right. Clark has become a human with a with a death ray. Yeah, exactly. fighting the super god. And, oh and man, they're exactly opposite. Right, at every step of the curve, they're exactly opposite. Where like Lex is yes. dying and Clark isn't, and then they swap and yeah. So yeah, it's pretty great. The arcs, the arcs are. Uh, it's a real fun ride to watch and ride those arcs as the story goes on, to see them both, to see them both ascend and decline. Absolutely, and it's sort of like a self-help book, which is really interesting because yes. it's about Superman uh, on a clock becoming the best man he can be mm-hmm. to leave behind that legacy and to make the Earth the best it can be before he leaves. Right. And I feel like you wrote a book that's kind of like that too. The book Point of View. Ah, that's the one I brought today. Yeah. There's a parallel uh, in that. Can you talk about that book a little bit? Yeah, please. That you wrote um, Andrew. Wrote Andrew. Um, Point of View is a. I'm, I'm slowly fine-tuning the pitch at, at conventions and stuff. It's a. It's an existential book about uh, being open to ideas, about deciding on where you want to be in the universe and how to get there, and uh, whether or not the universe will help you or not, and whether or not that's a good or bad thing or indifferent thing. Um, it's a collection of three mini comics that I have online, and it's uh, they're they're three comics that I drew at different points in my life. Two of them real recently, one of them a few years ago. Um, but it's it's very much about uh, becoming self-aware and taking responsibility for what you want to do and, and however you're going to get there, whatever it is, either a job you want or something in your family life, something in your personal life. It's it's about taking responsibility. Okay, maybe I can't control these outlier or these, these other specific aspects of my life these things i can't do anything about but these things over here i can totally i can totally control this and so i will manipulate this until i'm happy with this and then maybe i can leave behind these other negative parts of my life very um, all-star themed i like that a lot i appreciate that um it feels very personal that book too it's not so much a narrative as it is like you having a conversation with the reader oh it's a hundred percent a call to action it's 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 me having a conversation with myself or with somebody reading or somebody looking in on themselves it's 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 very much a dialogue. It's not a traditional narrative book. And that's what all, all great comics do. I always feel like Superman comics are challenges to be a better version of yourself. And yeah. And they, they, they're like a way to measure yourself against Clark and see where you're at. And, oh, man. What, a, what an impossible goal, but still something that, that you will consistently work to strive for. I want to be that Superman. I want to be this this ideal form of, of the, the humanoid. Um, I think even in this book, Clark Kent falls short of being Superman occasionally. Like, he's trying to be... Superman and whatever that means, and, and you see him as a man trying to engage that symbol that he's become, and mm-hmm. they're different characters. Like Clark Kent, Superman is what Clark Kent wants to be. It's the best oh, version of Clark. Right. But I right. feel like when when Clark forgets to mail his mom a birthday card, that's a Clark Kent. <laughs> but when he remembers, that's Superman. That's, how, that's his idealized self. Right. Right. That's why I like that you respond to this one because your books are about the idealized self and. Sort of like there's a sh- the shadow selves to your book called The Shadow People Are Here. Yep, The Shadow People Are Here is an augmented reality book where um, this this character realizes that he has uh, invisible friends, invisible boogeymen that only he can see, and it's mm-hmm. an augmented reality book, so you can use your phone and you can see those characters. It's it's, it's an like in- magic. It's awesome. Th- thanks, man. It's a, it's an invisible friend book where you can see the invisible friends, um, <laughs> and it's uh that one's super fun. Um, 
But yeah, that one is, uh, I don't know if that one's about being like the best, the best person I can be or being the best self you can be. It is, it is definitely being, uh, a, being conscious of, um, things in your life that, that nobody else can see, like mm-hmm. becoming aware of that, hopefully. Um, if that if that makes sense, yeah, self awareness and sort of a little bit like alter egos too, because they're part of you, right? Like Definitely. only you can see them. So yeah. I thought that was kind of Superman themed too. Yeah, I could. Yeah, I can totally relate to that. Like playing by myself as a kid, and mm-hmm. like nobody else can see like these worlds that I have. And now as an adult, like I can draw those worlds, and people can see those. Hopefully, but I yeah, love it. Still, uh, still doing that. It's very engaging with the audience having the AR stuff too, because they can feel like they're pulling back these layers. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, and it's it's totally that's totally what it is. And there are like different layers to this book because there are layers in your phone and you're not going to see those if you don't pull out your phone um so like when you read it on its own it is just somebody with their invisible friend and then when you do have the phone then there's like you said a completely different layer to it an additional augmented layer so you mentioned layers in in, in your book there's layers in all-star too because uh it's a book where if you read it just as one-off adventure stories it works perfectly that way Mm almost every story is like a one issue one and done adventure and there's a couple of two issues but they're pretty close to being like self-contained right um but then as a sprawling narrative it's sort of the it's the 12 trials of hercules right yes yes. it's this guy trying to prove himself it's a demigod achieving godhood so did you have a favorite adventure amongst those was there one issue that stands out to you oh man do i have a favorite what sequence do i keep going back to i keep going back to like whenever uh whenever i pick up the book i really like going to um when he gives the tour of his of the Fortress of Solitude, oh sure, where he's like, these are all of the the trophies and relics from all of my adventures, um, and he's he's pointing out like like the the stuff that seems like one off sci fi things, like mm-hmm. here's a gravity gun, which mm-hmm. turns out to be super crucial at the very end of the book. Like there's yeah. no that's in classic Grant Morrison style. There's nothing wasted on these on these pages. It's all very purposeful, it's mm-hmm. very deliberate. Um, there's a just like the fact that he's talking about all of this like it's uh just like everyday everyday stuff like it's no big deal like oh here's my sun eater it is an alien <laughs> monster creature that eats suns and uh he's giving the tour to lois and lois is like what does it eat he's like well suns obviously so he makes a sun like in like two panels and then he throws it at the sun eater and then it eats its snack and that's like and then they just walk off to the next page like no big deal that's yeah, yeah. my space monster that he, i have he in has this, this cosmic anvil he beats a sun out on yes yes and then um i really dig i really dig the uh how he falls just all of the all of the 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 stuff that seems like real wonky science fiction that that grant morrison seems to pull out of just like nowhere but it's all still makes sense like like um it's very uh uh, almost futurama-esque where um uh, well, what's that that stupid one-off joke where they're like, like, oh, the the ship the ship doesn't move, uh, d- doesn't travel through the universe. The universe travels around the ship. Oh, or sure, something. sure. Like all of that, like backwards sci-fi speak. Mm-hmm. I love that. Whenever he pulls that out, so any any moment in that book where that kind of stuff happens, I dig that. So like this, the the Sun Eater, I dig where uh, he's uh, he's falling into the negative zone, or uh, no, they pull the they pull the the is it black kryptonite or dark kryptonite? Black kryptonite. Yeah. They pull the black kryptonite out of the what I think is the negative zone I could be wrong um, and then he goes into uh, he falls into uh, Bizarro uh, Bizarro world Clark becomes his shadow self yes and then Jimmy Olsen has to has to save the day Jimmy Olsen saves the and day and I felt like that was Clark's last gift to Jimmy was letting him be a hero and assuming the mantle of Superman kind of and, and like Jimmy had to save Metropolis 
and that was a gift. I'm totally, I'm totally blanking. Which one is this? Where is a? Uh... Oh, it's with the black kryptonite. Where Jimmy actually becomes Doomsday. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, oh, okay, okay. And he saves, oh. he saves the day. Oh, but it's an okay. adventure where Jimmy has to like shape change like he always does. Right. But then right. he saves the world from Superman, and it's it's a last like yeah. last time he's ever gonna see him. Yeah. Okay. See, I was, I was, I wasn't uh, up to speed on that level. I was just taking it as it is. He becomes Doomsday, but like, no, you're right. He becomes mm-hmm. Superman, and he saves the day mm-hmm. because Superman is a jerk in that one. Yeah, yeah, and like almost, I feel like yeah, almost purposefully like. It, it seems set up a little bit for Jimmy to succeed, which I oh, like a lot. Yeah, yeah, totally. Uh, yeah, the, the stories are great. Issue two is when he tells Lois Lane that he's Clark Kent. That's the first thing he does when he realizes right. that he's dying is he can no longer maintain the charade. Right, right. And Lois doesn't believe him. Yeah, the whole she never she never accepts it. She he's like he's like I'm telling you the truth. This is it. And she's like, uh huh. I'm just I'm still waiting for the other shoe to drop. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And just like even at the end when he's like tucking her in bed or whatever, she's just like, all right. Well, no. I, when I wake up tomorrow, I can't wait to tell Clark. Or I, I forget yeah. what she says, yeah, but yeah. she just doesn't accept it. She's just like, no, you're Superman. He's Clark. You're different people, and that's it. That's the skeptic. That's her reality because she everything she does. She's a reporter. Everything she does is based on facts. And uh, this is like still, even though he's taking her through the Fortress of Solitude, he's, she's just like, no, you're full of shit. And it's, <laughs> it's very sweet and all, but she's just not accepting it. Because there's, there's that in, that uh, flaw in Superman that he can't lie, but he does about his mm-hmm. alter ego. So she won't accept that he's lied to her because right. he's the ideal. Right. And she, that's a lot, she has a hard time grappling with that. And the way that he solves that is he gives her superpowers that only last 24 hours mm-hmm. and she sees what it's like to be a super character right. so that she can understand why he keeps the secret and why he is the way that he is so they finally kind of achieve an understanding mm-hmm. at the end of that and I like that story a lot it's yeah. cool to see Lois empowered and, and sort of like running around having adventures and excited by the, the abilities that like Clark is bummed out about because they're killing him yes, but she yes. has no idea so she's, she's just thrilled and reminding him to be grateful for that he had that time with those powers yeah for sure I dig. Um, I dig. What's their names? It's Samson, Samson, and Hercules, right? That we were talking about. They show up later, yeah, yeah. and they're just like, they're like, yeah, oh, we're gonna impress, we're gonna impress Lois, and then um, they turn out to be assholes, and they bring, <laughs> the, they bring the Sphinx on, like they seek the Sphinx on her, but only because they know that Superman can potentially beat the Sphinx, but they don't, they mm-hmm. don't, they're still not sure, and Superman just gets so mad at them. I, I really dig that. I'm not sure why. It's very, very macho thing that, uh, that I got, I got into. It's great because that issue cements him as part of mythology because mm-hmm. he's de- dealing with like Samson and Hercules and Atlas and those guys. So he's on that level and he becomes more than just a comic book character, more than just a boy from Kansas. He becomes like a god. Right. And right. that's interesting. Yeah. It's so, it's so damn cool. So issue five uh, is Lex in prison and Clark visits him one last time mm-hmm. and tries to rehabilitate him. Right. He's like, why couldn't I save you? Uh, why did it have to be this way? Why don't you use all of your... If Superman dies, theoretically, will you now cure cancer? Right. And he has these questions for him that are really revelatory about the way that they think about each other. Mm-hmm. And we've seen that one that Lex loves Clark. He sees him as a, a fumbling, bumbling human being right. full he's, of flaws who still fights for truth and justice as a reporter. And right. he loves that. Very comic relief. He's just like just picking on him the whole time. Mm. Yeah. Um, but he says that he likes him at the end where he's like, you know, for all your flaws, that's why I like it because humans have flaws. Right. Yeah. Right. And then uh, he, he, um, I love the, the, the idea that, uh, that Grant Morrison uh, uses Clark and uh, he, 
so much of the the Clark persona is is a disguise that he will go uh, Clark or Superman goes to the degree of uh, faking like accidents and mm-hmm. tripping to like save people while he's technically off the clock as Superman. He's just Clark, but he trips and keeps people out of the street to prevent them from getting into car accidents. Sure. And, and he does it a couple of times with uh, with Lex, even though he's talking to this guy. He's having a very um, very Robert De Niro, very Al Pacino heat conversation. It's the villain and the hero just like having some face to face time um, without 100% knowing who the other one is. Um, he's he's just like like I could like he's like you could you could save humanity. You can do all these things. Like why don't you do that? Like you're saying, he's yeah. like, are you going to cure cancer now? Um, and while he's doing this, while he's still learning that that, that just Lex is this evil, rotten thing, he's still saving him. He mm-hmm. protects he protects him from getting electrocuted. He saves him from the parasite who's in there, and he he breaks out. Um, that whole that whole sequence is is uh, bonkers to me. And what a great villain to have in that sequence, the parasite, because Lex is a parasite. Lex has the ability oh, yeah. to protect humanity, and so all he does layers. is leech. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. the parasite is the ultimate version of what Lex will probably be if he goes down that road. And then Superman's the other side where he could this be the savior of humanity. Right. And, and just, Lex is presented with giving, a choice. Just giving up himself all the time to, to everybody. Yeah. Um, I love the the sci-fi beat in there where, uh, there where he has this robot who's reciting Shakespeare to him for some reason. And then later on you realize that the robot, uh, or he reveals that the robot recites Shakespeare at a certain sonic level that this audio... Uh, level this this projection of sound is is boring his way out of the prison so he's yeah, yeah. he's escaping by Shakespeare via yeah. Shakespeare like it's so so silly so silly but it totally works because yeah. there's an alien who we all try to be in this book also so it's the most grounded of the issues because it's Superman and, and Clark talking about humanity and about their moralities and stuff right but then there's also a monkey dressed like Superman uh, <laughs> that is rowing a gondola in the river sticks that's right. So Grant, make sure to make it fun still. It feels very Silver Age and insane. Oh, totally. Lex has a, an ape dressed like Superman just to humiliate the ape. Mm-hmm. And so he can like have something to hit and take his aggression out on. And then, it's uh, really funny. Uh, yeah, there, there are a bunch of like uh, callbacks to like classic Superman in, in these books. Um, Jimmy Olsen is cross-dressing in one panel, yep. and, and you're just like, you're just like, what? What happened? Like, I had to look that up. It's like, oh, he used to do that in some of the books. Like that was like his disguise thing was a was a thing. Like I didn't I didn't realize. Jimmy that. Olsen was the trickster archetype, where he's a shapeshifter, mm. so he would become a giant lizard too, or he had oh. powers. So that's why he's Doomsday in this. Okay, he would okay. always shape change. Yeah. Ah, I did not know that. Mm-hmm. See, learning. I'm learning. <laughs> Um, which issue is it that uh, he revisits his his he revisits Pa? Oh man, that is a hard one. Yeah, yeah. So that is, uh, and I think that's an issue. I don't remember. Let's talk about the story. Okay. So in the in that story, um, that's six issue six. Issue six. Okay. So next one. Um, in that story, to uh, think like I said, I, I'm moving right now, and like some of my, some of my books are not where I want them to be, but in best of my recollection in that story Superman uh, wants to see his dad one last time and in um, the, sto- the story takes place in Kansas like a few years after when when Clark is already an adult he's already uh, the Superman and he is um, he's helping his dad on the farm or doing something they're just it's life like normal and these three guys come out of nowhere and just start they're they're farm hands that have come to help they turn out to be supermen from different timelines or from different universes different alternate realities one of them has bandages covering his face and uh superman this younger superman is there and he's just like i don't understand why you guys are here and then it turns out this another crazy space monster is showing up mm. and it's called the chronovore and it's it's chronovore. eating 
time. It's, so it w- uh, and totally plays with the the time uh, the time part of this, um, or it totally lends itself to that. Uh, these so these three Supermen from alternate real- realities are working with young Superman to to defeat this monster to cage it and send it back. Mm-hmm. Um, and during this time, Pa has a heart attack. And he uh, he he dies, and uh, young Superman uh, he breaks he breaks down obviously, and he goes back and he, he he tries to save him, but he can't. For being Superman, for having all that power, he can't save somebody from this from this medical illness at this point. The Chronovore ate the three minutes in which he could have helped him. Ah, uh, time. So Pa was alone. Man, see, I need I should have gone back and read this. And no matter how fast Clark goes, the Chronovore ate those three minutes. It's yeah. impossible to get to them. He's he's not gonna make it. So. Yes, Clark saved reality, right. but he couldn't save his father, and that's a choice that his dad would have been proud of. Right, uh, and it's it's horrendously sad. Yeah, it's super sad. Uh, super sad. Super, super sad. <laughs> yes. uh, but also, he's he's gone back in time because in that issue, it's also revealed that the Superman that's in bandages is present day Superman, and he knows that he can't uh, change time per se. So he goes just to spend that time with his dad as he dies. Like he couldn't, he couldn't be there to save him, but at least he was present there. Mm-hmm. And he finds out later on that, like, oh, that's who I was, and I am him now, and just all this again backwards time stuff. Yeah, we um, even see Superman um, from the Grant Morrison arc. Did you read Grant Morrison's Justice League comics? From I the did 90s? not. I did not. They're excellent, and I recommend them. And uh, they tie into this heavily, where. There's a thing called DC One Million in Justice League, where you see the Superman that's glowing gold oh, from wow. the year One Million, oh. and he's, we see him as the leader of the League of Supermen in this, right? And that's and at the end of the book, oh, okay, that's so, Superman Reborn. It's it's the it's the Godhead version of Superman. I see, I see. So yeah, he comes back with a, a like a flower from the middle of the sun, and he gives it to Pa's grave, and it's this amazing like this this relic of New Krypton from the future. Ah, I see. Okay, I like it. Yeah, it's a way to tie a lot of continuity stuff together in a way that w- won't bum out new readers because you just go like, <laughs> "Oh, it's Superman's from different times, hanging out, having an adventure." Right, right. And but it's it still does tie it back to what Graham Morrison was working on twenty years ago. Yeah, that's fantastic. Yeah, it was really really cool because you don't often see that. Most like most of the times when you get a job in a comics, you work for like four months or a year on a character that's the most you can do mm-hmm. we don't see guys like this like like grant who've, who've worked and put in like decades on books and then able to tie them in decades later like it just doesn't happen because the math doesn't check out right uh but it's amazing to see these things interwoven i wonder even occasionally if he tells his editors like it's a reference to this thing i wrote in green arrow or if he just does it and the fans pick it up i hope that's the case kind of yeah i imagine it's probably a mix of both like depending on the editor and like his relationship with them he's like he's gonna get them in on the joke or he just doesn't have time or like maybe doesn't like him I don't know <laughs> but like there's I'm sure there's a mix it's, it's always it's always nice when you can share like easter eggs like that with anybody that you're working with and then uh, then just like have a great time uh, with with that game it's like look at this game we're gonna play it with the readers and we'll see who gets it it makes the stories feel real too and for a book about a guy who can fly oh totally every time you can sneak in something that feels real mm-hmm. uh, and, and grounded elsewhere is, is, is really useful so yeah, that's a beautiful one. Issue seven uh, is bonkers. It's Bizarro World. Uh, do you okay. remember that one? Yes, yes, I do. I like that a lot. Where uh, we get to see the opposite side of Superman, what he could have been. Um, it's Bizarro always represents like unchecked power. Mm-hmm. So we see like how good a Clark, how good a man Clark is by how he doesn't do things Bizarro does. Right, mm-hmm. right. The, just by the just the position of saying like, here's the monster version of yourself that that just has no. Just, 
doesn't comprehend much and everything is backwards to him because he's Bizarro Superman. Mm-hmm. Um, and then to see him still trying to be Superman in Bizarro world is, is really fun because he's like, he's like, no, I have to, I have to get out of here. I have to save everyone. And everyone starts to reject him. Mm-hmm. And then, but he's, he still hasn't caught on to the, to the backwards speak and just the backwards nature of that place until he meets, um, Zabaro. Zabaro, who's yeah, yeah. the the poet Superman, yeah, 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 who like is is reciting all. He's for for lack of a better example, he's Shakespeare's Superman in this world where he's smarter than everyone and he's an artist, but everyone is just like a caveman Superman around him, and he can't communicate with all of them. So he's this tragic character lost to oblivion, mm-hmm. and Superman. Uh, Superman proper eventually convinces him like hey when I get back I'm going to try and save you I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to help you and or you saving me now will help you save the world or some oh man it, to that to that degree he he helps that character and um I think just not feeling alone Zabaro right. is basically the bizarro bizarro which makes him normal right Oh that's right so there's very so he's a one of a kind on on the world I'm just gonna talk to you about like all Superman books now. You're just gonna teach me Superman, and then I'm gonna let's I'm gonna, do it. Oh yeah, that's gonna that's be, my goal in this, life. This man. is gonna be fun. You're, gonna, you're <laughs> turning me. You're turning me. Yeah. So he's the bizarro bizarro. So he's the one normal person on a world of weirdos, and he's completely alone and infinitely sad. And through understanding Zabaro, Clark is able to understand Bizarro, and how Bizarro. Like it's like right. You know, it's it's a uh, he can finally talk to one of these things, and he knows how lonely it is on Earth and mm-hmm. how. Nothing makes sense, and as an alien, I think Clark feels that way a lot. And oh, as a comic book nerd, I feel that way a lot. It's very much like speaking to the uh, the trench coat set that reads comics. Yes, know? yes, it's uh, it's so it's it's such a strange dynamic or a strange world right now. Um, at least for me, I don't know how you feel, but like. Uh, a couple of weeks ago, uh, my wife's battery broke down on her car, or her battery went dead, and we called AAA, and um, the AAA guy uh, was asking, he was he was working on the battery, switching it out or testing it, I don't remember what, but he was, we somehow got on the topic of Star Wars, hmm. and he was like, he was like, oh yeah, uh, Kylo Ren, this and that, and it's <laughs> um, like, yeah, the new one looks great, I can't wait to finally see, um, uh, is it Phasma? Yeah, Captain, Captain Phasma. Captain Phasma. He's yeah. like, I really want to see Captain Phasma do something. And I was looking at, at my wife Eva, uh, and I was like, I was like, isn't it crazy that we can just talk about Star Wars or comics or like any of this stuff with the with the tow truck man? Yeah, with that's, everyone. That's that's like you couldn't. I didn't. I couldn't do that growing up. I couldn't do that with like classmates growing up. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And now it's just like anybody's like, hey, did you see the Thor movie? You know the thun- <laughs> the Thunder God? Like, yeah. It's like, and oh the, yeah, I the saw that third Thor movie. People the are excited about the third Thor movie, right? That's this is the world we live in. Yeah, yeah. Um, somebody was asking me recently, like, like uh, they were like, it seems like there's a ton of uh, consumption of like anime and manga and and just like Asian uh, 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 artworks that mm-hmm. are that are created uh, from from Asian creators. And they, they were asking like, do you think uh, like American comics are on are on the decline? And I was like, I was like, honestly, no, because what movie is coming out in two weeks? And it was Thor. Mm-hmm. And it's like it's like nah, man. Like, there's there's just more stuff being created by a lot of different people and there's a ton of people in Asia I don't know if, like when last time you checked but there's a <laughs> lot of people over there yeah, and yeah. they're going to be making art and we're going to see a lot more anime and a lot more a uh, lot more manga and more people are going to read that because a lot of it's good man yeah yeah and um, the math checks out just more people yeah exactly yeah, yeah, yeah. there are more of them than, than us and it's fucking cool yeah yeah um, so yeah it's a it's a crazy world that like um I don't remember how we got onto that. Oh, being an alien and feeling like alone and stuff. Like now this is common culture. Yes. That's why like 
this story is so important to me because Superman, uh, as fans of this podcast now, showed me how to live. Mm. He taught me all the morals that I have. He like brought everything good in my life to me, paid my rent by having me write his books. Uh, uh, that's br- so nice. Got me into comics. Um, so it's the career that I have. Superman gave me my life. Mm-hmm. And this story shows me how to die. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, if I ever know that I'm going out, this is the last story I'm going to read. Well, it's about how to die with dignity and grace. Right, right. Oh, okay, okay. I thought you were going to say that, like, we need to find you a Lex or something. Oh, but, no. Okay, but I, no. I have just... a few of those already. Okay, all right. But, but just the idea that, like, he's not um, angry or afraid. Right. He's just taking care of the people who took care of him. Yeah, he's tying up all his loose ends. And, like, is... leaving a legacy behind. He even, like, writes... And he he uses yeah. his heat vision to write in this giant diary. Yeah, and like he he leaves a record behind for his next uh, for the next Superman. Like, I feel like the more we progress as a species, spiritually mm-hmm. and morally and technologically, we're gonna create things that are close to Superman. We're gonna have people that have the ability to change the world. Mm-hmm. Everyone can on a small scale, right? But it just keeps getting bigger and bigger right like right now you have the potential to write a tweet that the president could say and could yeah. change foreign policy like we get more superman like every day mm-hmm. and this story kind of shows you how to deal with that and how to uh have that power and then also let go of it right so speaking of that i'm gonna go try to find alex luther you inspired me let's go find a giant <laughs> sun and something that can kill me and we're gonna take a break real fast all right let's do it All right, and we're back. So thanks for uh, sticking around for those uh, those messages from Luther Corps, our sponsor. <laughs> and uh, uh, look, we couldn't find anything that could kill me, unfortunately. So that's well, I mean, that we didn't really try that hard. We'll, we'll try harder. We'll try harder later. I'm sure there's some enterprising Lex Luther out there who hates this podcast. And, you know? Yeah. It's so it's so fun. The one of the Mark ideas. Maron. Mark Maron. Yeah, yeah. The rival. <laughs> Tell me, tell me. <laughs> my arch rival. I, I want that to be true. It's just like so obscure. Just like like this guy who hates himself so much also hates Eric for no reason. Yeah, yeah. He had Obama like, on, but then I had Nathaniel. So, <laughs> I mean, it's neck and neck for pretty, ratings. I, I, obviously. I mean, <laughs> I got to text Obama later. He owes me five bucks. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> also a Superman fan, which, which I appreciate. Oh, is he? There's a photo of him uh, in Metropolis, Illinois, where he made, like, they were doing the tour when he's running for president. Oh, cool. With a giant Superman statue, and they, he made them stop to so get out and pose with it. That's awesome. He likes Superman, Spider-Man, and Conan, I guess. Those are his comics he reads monthly. Oh, Conan the Barbarian. Yeah. Oh, cool. Isn't that awesome? Rad. That is, that is real cool. He just seems like a cool dude to hang out with, man. That guy seems, seems pretty pretty awesome. What do you think Trump reads comic-wise? Um, he probably reads Richie Rich, but he <laughs> probably thinks that it's like... Uh, uh, like a uh, damn, uh, like a true to life story, and he's like, "Oh, I remember this. This is when I did." Like he thinks that that's that that was him when he was younger. I remember when I died and became Casper. Yeah, exactly. It was a crazy weekend. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Thanks. so back to All Star. <laughs> sad, so, sad. So we finished the Bizarro story. That was yes. a great one. I think the next one is the uh, it's the replacement Superman, right? The next one is yes. While he's gone in Bizarro World, there are the two uh, two other Kryptonians that show up. Um, I'm flipping through the book now, and oh, that's right. There's a slow fl- there's a slow flash in Bizarro World. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, the replacement <laughs> Superman is uh, two Kryptonians who show up in his in Superman's absence, and they fix the world, and they're they're essentially reshaping the world to become the new Krypton, and they're gonna be the new overlords, and they want um, 
they believe that they are better than humans and Superman quickly uh, at first he's excited to see that these are his people and he's like what there are more there are more Kryptonians as as anyone would be um, as he probably is anytime he finds uh, another Kryptonian mm-hmm. Um, and then they uh, they quickly re- uh, they quickly realize like oh you're uh, you think that these people deserve any kind of any degree of uh, respect and and uh, they're honorable to to some regard and they're like well clearly you're you're trash also and they uh, uh, decide to try and hurt him or keep him out of the way while they continue to become overlords in this in this world that they're trying to reshape. They're the weird Nietzschean uh, kind of Superman where like might makes right. It's what Lex wishes Clark was. Right. Uh, to be morally inferior. And then I like that Clark shows them mercy. Like they fight and Clark wins at the end. And, mm-hmm. and instead of killing them, he shows them mercy and has them, uh, he helps them get banished to the Phantom Zone. Right. Because they, they have, a, yeah, you can go. Sorry, where they where they can uh, exercise their power because they like doing that. He's like, they'll be happy there and it's all full of villains anyways. Uh, this is a way I can save them and they're not going to hurt, uh, they're not going to hurt my people anymore. They're not going to hurt the people of Earth anymore. And I love that because it's about accepting people for who they are. These people are like, they want to control everything. Thing. Exactly. So he puts them in a place where that would be adequate. That, that is a, <laughs> a, a proper. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> but in Phantom Zone, they need that. Yeah. I guess. So he's he's giving them that world to to reign over. Right. Or are they villains? And he's just putting them in the villains box. They just gonna ha- they just happen to be those kind of villains that think they're right and they have the power to overlord those people. Oh, that's really interesting too. Yeah. Because yeah. then they go willingly. Right. And right. they're happy about it. Yeah. They're totally they're totally stoked because they get what is it? They get sick and they can't they can't live on Earth anymore. Yeah. 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 They're like allergic basically to Earth. Right. Uh, yeah, I like the idea that you just said where uh, people who love the system would be happier in a prison than free. Like, they're thrilled to go to prison, yeah. to live the rest of their lives in a prison, and Clark isn't, and he tricks them that way. Oh, man. That's really interesting. Yeah, he's like, he's like oh, yeah, this is going to be great. And they're like, yeah, you're right, and then totally go along willingly. And the wardens, are, they think they're wardens, but they're actually other prisoners. Right. That's really interesting. Right. That's a good read on that story, man. It's uh, yeah. I like that. I enjoyed it. <laughs> it was cool. Uh, also, uh, super fun sci-fi stuff. They they break the moon in this in this issue. Oh man! And Superman fixes it by by taking all of the iconic uh, uh, those kinds of bridges, Golden Gate Bridge, yeah, yeah. Uh, is a suspension bridges. Mm-hmm. He pulls a bunch of them from Earth and uses them to staple the the moon <laughs> back together. Essentially, such a good oh Superman, you genius. You know. And the next issue is sort of similar. It's about uh, the tiny bottle city of Kandor and how his greatest flaw was that he was never able to enlarge them again. Uh, but in this story, he finds them their own planet. So they're not measuring themselves against humans as being small. They're just the only creatures on another planet. So they're adequately sized. Like, like there's nothing to compare themselves against. Right. That was kind of funny. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, the super sci-fi thing about this is he drops them off on Mars. And and the cool thing about this is that he's, uh, like you're saying, he, this is the, the his one flaw. He couldn't figure out how to save these people from being these these uh, the city in, in a bottle. And an Earthling does it. He he has this idea like, oh, you guys should just go to Mars where you'll be proportionally all Superman over there and you'll be uh, just like you were on Krypton or, mm. or, or, or a different world. And so they drop off the little bottle, uh, little bottle on Mars and everybody gets out of the bottle and they have a great time. And also in this one, they're, um, what is he? He's also effectively uh, God in this one. He creates a universe yeah. where... 
Superman is created in comics. Like he he creates us in this book. Like we're, yeah, like we're, we're this podcast is happening right now. It's so meta. It's so, so meta. So yeah, it's a universe. He's scared that the world won't survive without a Superman. Right. So he creates a universe where there's no Superman to see how it how it fares and if it can survive. And the answer is that there must be a Superman. But in this one, it's just the comics. Right. So we have the symbol. So guys like you and I can read it and 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 structure our lives that way and aspire to be him. Right. Uh, but there's no literal Superman. But right. There's still a Superman. Yeah. And I love that. There's yeah. They create. He's created, but he's created in pop culture. He's this. He's just something you consume, that you read, that you watch, and and that's the world that we live in, and that's the universe that Superman created. It's it like it's the snake eating itself so much, so many times. And he might even be the most powerful here because we talk about him constantly, and he, right. we, we can read all of his adventures. We know he's Clark, and we right. can, and we know him better than anyone in his real life knows him. Exactly. So this is a world that Clark built, and and I hope that he's happy with it. You know, I, he must be. He must be. <laughs> if, if if this Superman is actually the Superman, then he he must be. He's got to be pretty proud somewhere. Yeah, and like the last panel is the drawing of of Superman, the the classic. Uh, is it Schuster? Um, yeah, Jerry Siegel and Joe Schuster. We see we see together, and they're, they're drawing it, and it says. Uh, who, who actually drew? Who was it? A is was it split writing writer and artist, or was it? Oh my God, it's Siegel, but I feel like if I answer wrong, the people okay. are going to punch me. <laughs> <laughs> I will just say that I don't know, so I'll be that guy. Also in this one, he's uh, Superman uh, can't cure himself, but all of the doctors and scientists from Kandor are helping sick children in a hospital. They're going inside their bodies and literally fighting off the diseases and the, the bad cells, any deterioration. Whatever their, whatever their ailments are, they're helping those kids. Yeah, so he creates a cure for human cancer, even right. though he can't cure the Twenty one, he has himself. Yeah, I like that a lot. That's fun, and that's also the issue issue ten, right? Where there's the suicide thing we mentioned yes. earlier. Yes, a couple pages back. Yeah, and and the whole issue is about not comparing yourself to anyone else, right? Because the Kandorians go on Mars and stop comparing themselves to Earthlings, and then they're whole people, and they realize they can do more than Superman can. Superman can't cure cancer, but they can. Right. And he's telling her not to uh, judge herself by like how her therapist acts. Her therapist couldn't make it, and she took it personally. I'm just gonna like like uh, anytime I buy a comic, I'm gonna see what you're doing that day and just have you read me that comic because like <laughs> I'm gonna get so many other layers that I didn't get the first time around. Um, but yeah, this is this is yeah very clearly at this point I realize it's. It's about not being yourself. There's a conversation conversation between Lex and Superman again. He visits him one last time, and Lex spits him, spits at him in the face. He just won't accept that he that they could work together potentially. Yeah, Superman's trying to get him to say like, "Don't define yourself against me because right. it's so limiting for you. You could do. You're the smartest man on earth. You're smarter than Batman. You could right. do anything. Like you've you've drawn a box around your identity that says Superman's villain, and that's so small. Mm-hmm. That's so small. And then yeah, he just spits on the glass and tells him to go f himself, and it's it's so depressing yeah it's it's uh, it's tragic because like like oh man what if you were good you would be you would be another superman you wouldn't be as strong but you would be just just as renaissance type character and i know so many people personally that define themselves in opposition to other things like mm-hmm. i want to be the best conservative that'll bum out any liberal or the best liberal oh, bum out any, and like they don't think for themselves they just have these small definitions of them of right. like what they should do to bother someone else right and then right. it limits their infinite possibility of, of who they can be right like it's 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 the the classic spite argument like i'm gonna do this just to make your life difficult like what why would you even bother with that you could do 
anything else, literally anything else. And, and the visual imagery of, of Lex in a prison mm-hmm. while Clark is out flying amongst the cosmos, like he's imprisoned himself with this. It's, right. it's horrible. Yeah, and, and he's put himself there because that's that's his whole motivation. I have to kill this guy, and in turn, I'm probably going to hurt and kill lots of other people, so I've put myself here. You're in you're in this spot because it was your own design. It's a... Uh, <clears throat> Another another example I'm thinking of is uh, Rick and Morty. Do you watch? Yeah, yeah. Uh, the Pickle Rick episode. I've where... seen that one. Oh, you haven't seen no, it? No, uh... no, no. Tell me that. Tell, go on. Uh, are you sure? Yeah, yeah. Everyone else has. That's cool. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, as long as everyone else came before me. Um, in, in the end of the episode, Rick is uh, sitting on a couch, and there's a therapist there. Like he somehow ends up at a in a therapy session, and the uh, during the episode, he turns himself into a pickle, falls into the sewer, has to like literally like lick a cockroach and and just goes through all manner of torture but he did all of that in the very beginning to avoid his his whole motivation was avoiding going to therapy and mm-hmm. at the very end of the episode he ends up there anyways and the therapist is like it's like um she says like oh you think you're smarter than everyone else but also you're covered in shit you ate cockroaches <laughs> today and that's all by your own design you did that to yourself because you didn't want to do x or y and it's uh yeah man super limiting when you don't want to when you just you're just trying to do something to defy or, or anything like that, absolutely. And then in the end of this the series, we see actually Lex become a Superman, right? He's, yes. He's engineered all this this Machiavellian plot to get Superman DNA and become a super. He gets all the powers of Clark, right? And uh, he uses it just selfishly, which is boring. He conquers the planet in like thirty seconds, which Superman could do, right? And then what do you do from there? There's right. no more challenge. And yeah, let's talk about that for that battle for sure. That's uh, so much, so much good sci-fi stuff in here. And as Lex is getting stronger, Clark's getting weaker. Right. As Lex as Lex gets stronger, Clark gets weaker. He's he for for most of like the previous issue, or not most, but um, for most of the last issue, he's essentially Clark. He's um, a weak Superman. He's like uh, barely standing on his own. He's just trying to escape, really. Just he's he's basically trying to not die for most of this issue, uh, and then in the first uh, few pages, he's uh, technically dead or potentially dead. He's like seeing his father in, on Krypton. He's in some like heaven uh, sci-fi uh, scenario where mm-hmm. he's talking to his dad, and it's one of those classic uh, scenarios of just like you're not done yet. And then they wake up, mm-hmm. and then they come out and they save the day. But when he wakes up, he's Clark, and he's in the suit. He's in a suit and tie, and. Um, uh, he, uh, uh, I like he, that the people in Metropolis recognize him too. Like, yeah. they know that he's Superman, <laughs> and he makes some like lame excuse where he's like, "Hey, it's uh, Clark, everybody," and they're like, "Yeah, whatever, it's fine." Like, yeah. <laughs> you see that for the first time they've been placating him all these years. Yeah, because uh, they they owe him respect and they want him to feel like he's he has privacy. <laughs> they're like, "Nah, it's cool, man. But yeah, you're Clark. They're sure. all reporters. Yeah. They know what's up." Right, like Jimmy and Perry. Too. Yeah, yeah, I love that. Uh, just he's just he's getting his he's getting his ass handed to him, and then eventually, um, like uh, uh, Lex just begins to finally take in the world that uh, Superman sees. Like only, only at the point where he can become Superman does he realize like the error of his ways, and he realizes that that like like oh this is this is how he sees all the time. This is no wonder he's doing X or Y. Like I've just I've been a douche this whole time. Yeah, I, I love that. So Superman's strength isn't his most powerful stuff. It's his perception. Mm-hmm. So he, he can see things on a microscopic level. And, and like Lex, uh, he starts crying. While he's hitting Superman, he looks around, and you see that there's a head click, a reality shift. Right. And he says, 
Uh, it's so obvious. I can actually see and hear and feel and taste it. And the fundamental forces are yoked by the thought alone. And like he's just mumbling nonsense. Right. And he's like, this Classic is how he Grant. sees all the time, every day. Like it's all just us in here together. And we're all we've got. And he starts crying. So much, so, so real. Like if you, if you were just having that conversation and saying that sentence, that just, that works for humanity, for humans on this, on this rock that we find ourselves. It, it's, it's, uh, we're, all we have is each other. And like, why would you want to be a jerk to, to one another? This is like, we're, this is all we've got guys. Let's, let's work with it. Let's be positive about it. And Clark can see our atoms are our, our sharing particles and like the things that connect us all in the unified field theory. And right. he knows that there's no distinction between you and I. Right. And it makes no sense to be in opposition to yourself and like it's, the world is just unlimited potential right. and, and Lex sees this now and he's weeping yeah. seeing reality as it actually is and then Clark uh, knocks him out yeah he, he <laughs> just really he really socks funny. him in the face socks him in the face and let's talk about that choice because that's they've reverted then right because right. he's he's a human uh, and his perception's been taken away and he's sort of like fueled by anger and he's become Lex in that moment and right. that's a little bit funny yeah no it totally is he's he's uh, uh, he he's and he quotes that uh, brain beats brawn every time just like just like Lex says earlier yep. in the book yep, yep. and it was uh, Superman's idea to uh, give Lex give Lex the the Superman serum so he can become a Superman but also to like make sure that he has a gravity gun so that time affects him differently and he just cycles through that serum super fast um, super fast and Clark always uh, in real normal stories Lex always uses Clark's um, morality to defeat him mm -hmm. and and this story Clark did that to Lex right He's like I know when you see what I see you will be vulnerable Oh, and that's man. really interesting, right? No, that's super interesting. That's uh, um, yeah. <laughs> Everything in this whole series <laughs> is, is mirrored back and forth. It, it, it's this like black and white, Manichaean, yin and yang kind of thing. It's a constant duality mm -hmm. in this in this book. Um, I really dig. Yeah, it's 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 super fun. I feel like it, I feel like with so many Grant Morrison stories, no. Uh, Maybe I haven't read that many, but I feel like with this book or, or with a lot of different comics, if I if I really love a comic, is because every time I pick it up, I feel like I learn something. Sure. And in this one, I feel like I learn all the time. And today is really fun for me. Me um, too. But uh, like uh, him, like it's it's very much it's very much this uh, this tale of these two characters that are trying to be the best they that they can be. Like Superman is trying to be the best Superman he can be and helping everybody as he's on his way out. And Lex, like you're saying at the beginning of this, he realizes that he's gonna die at some point, so he really needs to step up his game and really kill Superman. And in, and in doing so, he uh, he succeeds and he becomes the best Lex he could be because he actually accomplishes it. But he's still Lex and he still loses and he still, um, still gets his ass kicked. And then Superman doesn't save himself. Superman actually does die in this. Right. He, uh, he's overpowered, uh, which you said that was why you didn't like the character in the first place because he was overpowered. So that's, mm -hmm. the irony is that's what kills the brand and the character. And he, uh, <laughs> he flies into the sun Right, and he becomes part of Earth's yellow sun. He he reignites the sun. He reignites the sun because in in, uh, in all of Lex's uh, evil doings during this uh, during this tale, he uh, is it Polaris that kills the sun, and uh, so Superman has to save the sun by flying back into it as he explodes. Mm -hmm. And then in the end, we see that there's a there's a, a lead in or a, a teaser of the uh, the super genius. I forget his name. What is his name? Uh, Leo Quantum, right? Leo Quantum. He is building Superman. He's building another Superman. 
Yeah, using the DNA that we saw in the first issue that he gave him, and the second issue where Lois became a super character, they, they're going to mix those two together, and, and Lois and Clark can finally make a kid. They couldn't have one biologically in the series because mm. it's an alien and a human, but in this way, their uh, cells will be united, and they'll create an offspring. And instead of having an S on his chest, he has a two. Right. So it's right. clearly the second coming. The second Superman. Superman. I really like the ending. I like that he didn't save himself and that he died and that he left behind uh, an example for us to follow. This new right. character and you and I and Lex and and everyone. It's it's very. It feels just like mythic and poignant. Oh, totally. Yeah. And he. It's it's very. Uh, it's tragic, of course, because he dies on one level. But like you're saying, also he is also preserved as this as this being who, like even Lois is saying, he's gonna. He's he'll be back. He's up there somewhere. He's doing his thing. But he'll be back in some shape or form, uh, whether that be this pop culture version that we all subscribe to and that we all consume on a voracious level, uh, or some other way. Like maybe in reality, we're we're gonna see a Superman at some point. Because why not? Shit happens. And there's some kind of weird cheat in mythology too, where like stories don't matter unless you, you know how they end. Like mm. Robin Hood, we know he dies. When he dies, he like shoots his last arrow and it falls in the forest. And where the arrow falls is where his grave will be. And like, and, and Hercules, uh, you know, he, he burned to death, but was was resurrected not as a demigod, but as a god. And mm. Jesus, we know he was, we know how that story ends. Right. And like, I feel like myths uh, need an endpoint for some reason to mm-hmm. resonate with humanity, and, and like when you dive back in the story in the middle, it feels more poignant now. Mm-hmm. Like a lot of people reference the story as being like the last Superman story in continuity now. Oh, and, really? And it, and it adds a little bit of poignancy to it. Like the story that I wrote, that Christmas special, mm-hmm. I put the the white costume from this in there. Oh, awesome! He has a hall of costumes that he's working on, and one of them is the Super Sun costume. That's cool. So I got to tie mine in continuity. Read this. So like, uh, you know, and the Dark Knight Returns is the same way with Batman. We know the last Batman story, and like, right? Okay, for some okay. reason. I see. Like that, and that's why the the '90s Death of Superman comic, yeah, doesn't really work because oh, it doesn't. It's we, oh, everyone man. bought it, and we all know it, right? But it's not. It doesn't give us that thing we need from mythology of like the death of Superman. This it's just this dumb, mindless monster that hits right. him, that punches him to death. Yeah, yeah, no, this yeah. It's is just, so much different. It's just a monster. It's just a monster fight. No, definitely. This is they're very different animals. This book and that book, and that book I had. Uh, I still have, I think, um, that one, you know, when you're a kid, you read that shit over and over because it's like, oh, Superman dies. And you think like, that's all, that's all you want from it. Yeah. Um, but it's not the action of death. It's the meaning of death. Exactly. And this gives us the meaning. Yeah. The meaning of death or the meaning of this person's life, this mm-hmm. character's life. What, yeah. what did they leave behind? Like you're saying, he's leaving behind this legacy in this tale. And in the death of Superman, the story from 20 years ago, it's just him fighting a monster and they both die at the end of that yeah um which is which is a huge bummer and it looked cool but that's mm. that's kind of all it was recent superman movies um anyways and that treated uh, death as a punishment that story too it's, it's superman kills for the first time by killing dooms like the uh, they punch each other at the same time right they both die right and the idea there is that superman can't kill and because he killed he's, he's, he's dead right so right and death in reality isn't a punishment it comes to everybody and and most religions think that it's a gift that something good happens afterwards right it's, it's so this feels more human definitely yeah the the all-star superman it, it treats it treats death um almost reverently um where you're you need to prepare for it you need to you need to make sure that uh or try and not have any unfinished business you're going to have some because you're human and this really does um 
it it is totally a send off for for this character. Um, and like somehow the reason the the fact that Superman dies makes him feel more important to me. You know the fact that I know like you could lose him. You think? Yeah, and, and like the, that he's a man. Right, right. Because you said everyone doesn't like Superman because he can't be killed. Right. He can and he will. Right. And then this is how. And yeah. it changes the character on a fundamental level. The the most connective line from that super death of Superman story from twenty years ago to this, or the the closest similarity that I can find is I can't remember if it's Lois or if it's Ma that says it. It's probably Lois that, um, like Jimmy Olsen says something like like Oh, he's really he's he's really looking tired out there or something. And uh, Lois says something like. Um, it's like like yeah like Jimmy he's he's Superman but he's still a man he's like people don't realize that he can be killed and then like in the next five pages he dies mm. because he kills Doomsday um, but yeah it's it's um, I think about death like so like probably more than I should um, this feels Mexican doesn't it it's it, very it, it, <laughs> as we're talking like... about it now it very it very much feels like a very Dia de los Muertos story of Superman like he should just have the the skull painting on his on his face yeah um, did you see Man of Steel when he went to I did I, yeah so there's a scene there where he like goes to Mexico during Dia de los Muertos right. and everyone's really right. bummed out and they're like and he's like, yeah. like scared of them and like that never <laughs> made sense because when I saw them in the trailer I was like oh my god he's gonna go like put up an ofrenda for Krypton. Like, that's, oh my, this is amazing. That's That would be fantastic. Oh my God. And, like, and, and speak to a photograph of Pa Kent. Yeah. And like, oh, Superman's man. all about honoring the dead. Tell me you saw Coco. I did. I loved it. Oh, I loved my it. God. But like, there's so much, I wrote a million stories in my head of like Superman in Mexico when yeah. I saw that trailer. Yeah. And then none of them happened in the movie. Yeah. And I was like, <laughs> oh just, my God, they need to just shows up the and, then, and then everyone's like, uh, and they're all sad and he's all sad and then he flies away. You and I should make a short comic for next two days my days about Superman. I just like bootleg put it out. I'm super down. Let's do it. Let's super do it. down. Dia de los Superman. Dia de los Superman. Oh man. And it's just, it's just about all these characters who are, who are talk who are, going to the ofrenda of Superman and they're yes. like talking about him. Oh yeah, it's it could like, be a sequel. It's one of those it's one of those uh uh like stories where they're just, they're just like oh, man that wasn't Superman. This is Superman. Yeah. It's like all three different versions of this character. Remember that time? Yeah. Oh man. I'm super down. Let's super do down. it. Gr- super down. Gorilla, I'm gonna pitch that to DC. Gorilla oh yeah, do that. Um <laughs> yes. Next November. Uh, see if it came out or not. Oh, oh. Yeah. And if it doesn't come out from DC, you'll see it online somehow. It'll be gorilla style. We'll use some fake names or something. Yeah, yeah. We'll just put it on Tumblr for free. That's all yes. can do that. Yes. So uh speaking of online and Tumblr and all that, where can folks find you if they want to read your comics, which they totally, totally should. Uh, I appreciate that. Uh iDraw.com. E Y E D as in dog R A U G H dot com. Uh, my website where you can find videos you can find my comics I just finished uh, like five years of putting free comics online yeah. um, which is uh, just like every month I would do this thing called free comics Friday which um, some people read uh, not everybody which is totally fine it was like a way of like getting myself to make comics as much as possible and uh, pr- keep up in practice and, and make art regularly um, but you'll find that there. You'll find uh, just links to my portfolio, links to my store. Go online, buy my comics, buy Point of View. I'm going to talk to Meltdown about carrying the book here. Um, next week, I'll probably be posting uh, like all the different stores that you can actually find this book and, and other books that I've made. But uh, yeah, idraw.com, idraw on Instagram, Twitter, all that. Again, it's uh, E Y E D 
D-R-A-U-G-H. Excellent, excellent. Yeah. Well, thanks, man. I appreciate this a lot. Thanks for coming on. Yeah, thank you. This is uh, great. This is lovely. Glad we got to bond a little. All right, and then so when I die, I want you guys to play this podcast episode at my funeral. Sweet. And I want you guys to all read All Star Superman. All right. And to cry. <laughs> I'm going to do two out of those three. But I'm not going to tell you which. I'll let you die not knowing. And on that note, we'll see you next week, Super Friends. Ooh, Super Friends with Eric Esquivel.